Blog Talk Radio. I gotta live till the mic turns off. But now I'm here, I cannot go soft. I found myself when the rest got lost. I'll be the last one that they write off. I gotta live till the mic turns off. But now I'm here, I cannot go soft. I found myself when the rest got lost. I'll be the last one that they write on. I know we're up and coming, but I feel as if we made it. Imagination is greater than public education quotations. I'm just saying, never let your dreams be taken. Take the hatred, build it up, and bring it down as motivation. Success is waiting, so why ignore it when you can meet it? Tomorrow morning, to yelling, where you going? Touring, open up the curtains. As of now, I'm loving what I'm doing, so it's worth it. I was told it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, that's what they said to me. Middle school a loser, now I'm standing with integrity, and they see maybe he just may be greater than he may seem. Put together my team, I dream reality. I gotta live till the mic turns off, and now I'm here, I cannot go far. I found myself when the rest got lost I'll be the last one that they write off I gotta live till the rest is off But now I'm here, I cannot go slow I found myself when the rest got lost I was born to kill hits, maybe I'll get filthy rich Dirty money coming clean, premature I thought of it Little boy with big dreams, I was just a bigger thinker Step outside the box and maybe you can see the bigger picture Thinking shows with bigger crowds, hold more people than allowed Better get your ticket, cause in an hour they selling out Everybody's hands up, know the song and yelling out it Even if you ain't a fan, you leave my show and love me now People got dreams, don't ever taste it, unused talent, go ahead and waste it, live in fear, now shut up and face it, forget past and try to erase it, I never have and I never will proceed, if you understood my path and you understood my need. I gotta live till the mic turns off, but now I'm here, I cannot go soft, I found myself when the rest got lost, I'll be the last one that they write off. I gotta live till the mic turns off But now I'm here, I cannot go slow I found myself when the rest got lost I'll be the last one that they write off Thank you for joining me here on another episode of The Right Way Here live on Blog Talk Radio, produced by Back Sports Page I'm your host, Malik Wright, here with my co-host, Brian Phelps And welcoming back my first ever close to the right way, Michael D. Flippo. Guys? Hey, what's going hey, on? I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back on the show. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, we've got a great show in store. It was uh, an ugly week of football, I'd say. Um, a lot of ugly games on. Uh, lopsided victories. What you guys say? This is probably one of the ugliest weeks of the season. Like, this is probably the ugliest <laughs> week of the NFL season. Oh, my God. And last night was the worst. <laughs> well, a lot of games, though. Yeah, we had two overtime two overtime games, one ending in a tie, the other being the Absolutely, the absolutely. Game. So, you know, uh, since you brought up the tie, let's talk about that. Brian, take us away. What do you think about that tie? 
Yo, that was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Oh, my goodness. That was hilarious. And first of all, I love, I, I love defense, right? I'm all for good old-fashioned defense in football games. That, that's great. Like, I love to see, like, a 13-17 to 17 game or something. But I, I can't believe that the Cardinals only scored six points. I, I can't believe the Cardinals only scored six points. Seattle's defense was on the field. There, there was a point when Chris Collinsworth was like, oh, you know it's crazy when you clinch the possession battle midway through, like, the third quarter. And, mm-hmm. and Arizona had, like, 32 minutes of possession already. Like, and they still found a way not to lose but not to win. That was the ugliest football game I've ever seen. And if Ken Zaro still has a job after this week, I'm, I'm, I might just lose my mind. Like I could have honestly <laughs> made that kick. That was the ugliest thing I've ever seen. And Hauschka's kick was like ten times worse. It, it was at least the overtime was really entertaining, but it had to be entertaining to make up for that awful, atrocious football game. It was the worst game I've ever seen. Oh my god. Brian, don't so, Mike, Mike what do you think? It was entertaining, though. No, it was, but only the overtime, really. I mean, how entertaining was the the was regulation when every first down there was a flag, and every play that was not a first down that was a flag was a was a sack. Russell Wilson getting sacked or getting hit in the pocket every single. Uh, what was that? Yeah. So, uh, me, me, I thought, me thought, me, I thought it was an exciting show. I thought, I thought, I mean, I thought it was an exciting game. I, I really did. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a defensive guy, so I enjoy defensive games. Um, and so, you know, I, I thought it didn't get any better than that this past week. Uh, you know, uh, one thing that did shock me though is I expected more from, uh, not so much the Arizona Cardinals offense, but more so the, um, Offense. I expect more from Russell Wilson. Um, I definitely definitely Baldwin. Baldwin stepped up towards the end, but I really expected more from Jimmy Graham, more from more from Baldwin, even though he stepped up in the end a little bit. Um, That that, that was really disappointing part of the game, Malik. I agree. Yeah, uh, I I just think it was. I think what this game brings up the question. Mm -hmm. I think this game brings up the question: Should there be ties in the NFL? Or 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 do you no. play? Do you play until there's one winner? I don't know where they are. I'm, 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 I'm all but, in favor of playing until there's a winner. I'm all in favor until there's playing until there's a winner. I mean, um, but you know, um, because uh, you know, think about it. When have you, have you guys ever played in a sporting event? You guys tied before. The feeling that you come away from um, is uh, it's, it's like you don't know what's like. you don't know whether to be happy, whether to be sad. But at the end, I guess the competitor inside you will always be upset because you um you don't know you know you don't you don't you don't really I mean you didn't you didn't win and you know that when you when you lace up whether that be cleats uh, shoes whatever they, whatever it is whether you're playing basketball football tennis whatever sport it is that you're playing in tie it's like it's like you know I don't I don't know that what 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 joy do you get out of that so I mean. It's it, it's it's a weird feeling, but I mean, rest assured, the good the good part about that is that it um 
it can work in their favor towards the end of the season if need be, you know, when the NFL gets down to the whole percentage and all that stuff like that. So that would be interesting to see how that works uh, as a season. But um, with that being Definitely. said, let's, let's switch the topic, guys. Um, what do you guys think about the Cleveland Browns? I, I, just, want to, I, just, want to, I just want to start talking about that. I'm not there. I mean, I think it's, I think it's clear their, uh, their quarterback situation is, is a mess right now, as, as it always is. And uh, <laughs> yeah. they definitely need to get that sorted out. But, I mean, that may not come. That, I don't think that will come this season necessarily. Um, I'm focused more on the coach. And Hugh Jackson was supposed to be promising coming into the season, and that clearly hasn't worked out the way they planned. So, I mean, they, they have a lot to work on uh, on both sides of the ball. But they really got to look at their coaching situation, think if they want to stick with Jackson, um, stick out like his contract. But, I mean, it hasn't looked good this, thus far through the season. I, I strongly, I strongly disagree. Now, I had this wild prediction at the beginning of the, ba- of the playoffs in baseball that the Indians would win the World Series the year that the Cavs would win the finals and the Browns would go 0-16. And the fact that that's still alive is pretty incredible. But – I don't think this isn't Hugh Jackson's fault at all. That team is awful. That quarterback situation is awful. Like, let, let's just roll through the quarterbacks. RG3, Josh McCown, uh, Cody Kessler, uh, Charlie Whitehurst, Terrell Pryor, and now Kevin Hogan. These are the guys who have started that quarterback. Like, this team is actually playing good football. Okay, not good football. They're playing very hard for their coach. Hugh Jackson's actually done a really good job. He did What he did is not draft Carson Wentz which could obviously come to bite them. It obviously has already. But what would Carson Wentz be doing with this horrible abomination of a professional football team? They did terrible. At no facet of the game is this team better than anyone else on the field whenever they play. Unless maybe they play the 49ers and they have a better running game or a better run defense than the 49ers. But Isaiah Crowell's looking all right. He's gotten the most out of his players, especially to our prior. They have a lot to look forward to. This team has a lot to look forward to, and it's hard to see that when you look at their record and it's like, oh, they're 0-7, so they're obviously terrible. But they have promise. They have a lot of draft picks. They have a lot of talent, especially at the skill position with Duke Johnson and, like I said, with Terrell Pryor. Isaiah Crowell is pretty good. They have a decent enough squad to be good in the future, but right now they're just absolutely awful. But I think E. Jackson's done a decent job. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fire him. I wouldn't look at firing him. Because when you get when you sign a coach, you have to be all in on that coach, or else you're going to end up looking like the 49ers did last season with with Tom Sula, or just any one year coach that just gets ousted after one season. Like what's what's the good in that? Having a system that you use just for one year and then just getting rid of them. There's no point in that. So if the Browns mm-hmm. really want to become a become a team in the future, they got to stick with Hugh Jackson, and I think Hugh Jackson's a good coach. So I don't know. Cool. You see, I agree with, I agree Mike, with you. Mike, do you want to respond to that? you want to respond to that? Well, yeah, no, I don't know if we have evidence that Jackson's a good coach yet. I, I agree with the point. Maybe don't we don't crucify him yet, considering he wasn't handed any great starting quarterbacks. Um, and just he has young talent. Uh, guys like Corey Coleman and, and Terrell Pryor is a little decent at receiver, but there's nothing – I don't think we've seen that he, he's a good coach yet. I mean, I agree with you. I think he deserves more time uh, and more time to build. But right now it's not pretty for the Browns, definitely not. You see, uh, with me, you know, I 
listen, in a perfect world, you know, I would love, have loved for Hugh Jackson to stay with the Cincinnati Bengals and continue to be the offense coordinator, continue to groom Andy Dalton, continue to make our offense one of the best in the NFL. But we're not living in a perfect world. He left to join our division rival. And uh, with that being said, oh, whoa. But uh, before I get started with that, I don't know if you guys have got the breaking news. Uh, Arian Foster just announced his retirement. Arian Foster, so, I mean, Arian Foster just announced his retirement. Are you serious? Foster's been really with injuries yeah. ever since he had that big season. Oh, my God. Yeah, wow. Um, so that just switched gears. And, and I Jai literally bit. took his whole career. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, let me let me let me just answer that uh, Hugh Jackson point, and then I'll get right 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 to it. Um, with you know with Hugh Jackson becoming the for the Browns head coach, I expected more. I expected uh, a little bit more of a challenge when it came to the AFC or football. Um, but. It, that hasn't, you know, hasn't proven, hasn't proven to be the case yet. Now, I mean, I believe Hugh Jackson is a very good football coach, um, offensive football coach. Uh, I don't know if he's necessarily the man to lead the Cleveland Browns organization, but we also got to give this team a break because they are without Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden's been in another lineup for the groin injury, and sources have been reporting for the entire week that he could be potentially traded before the trade, trade deadline. Although I very, I, I see that as highly unlikely, um, but. With that being said, you got I me. Mean, you got to look at it. The Cleveland Browns have started six different quarterbacks. Um, you know, they they keep, they keep going through quarterbacks like like crazy this season. And uh, you know, now now who's that? Now Kevin Hogan. Before it was uh, Cody Kessler. Then it was uh, it was RG three. Joshua Count. You know, the list just goes on and on and on between quarterbacks and stuff. So I think the one the biggest problem with Cleveland Browns is they always have a defense that will that can't compete. I think that I think when it comes to the Cleveland Browns, their defense. Their defense will perform as well as their offense is performing. And if their offense is not performing or not even giving them a chance, I think the Cleveland Browns' defense is going to, excuse my language, but they're going to suck. But I don't think Cleveland's defense is as bad as they seem, though, is what I'm saying, pretty much. Um, you know, even right down to last year when Cleveland's defense had Carlos Danzig, even when they had Paul Kruger, you know, they were still able to get to the quarterback, cause turnovers, you know. At least be in the game. Now, since they lost that veteran leadership, you don't see it anymore. I mean, you, you see a young team out there. I mean, don't get me wrong, they still compete, but it's still not the same intensity. And I think once Cleveland, and yes, I'm saying a lot of you are on the right way, but once Cleveland finds themselves a signal caller, a franchise quarterback, someone who leads this offense, you know, for the next for the next decade or whatever the case may be, I think that they will, not a playoff team, I think they will definitely provide a challenge. But if the question is if Hugh Jackson is the man in Cleveland, that remains to be seen yet. I mean, I certainly hope he is not the man in Cleveland so that way he can return to Cincinnati. But <laughs> if he is the man in Cleveland, you know, I, I do think he's out of a coach. It'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, so, I mean, with that being said, we'll, we'll have to just sit. But that actually brings us to our next topic as well because we were just talking about Aaron Foster announcing his retirement. Uh, guys. What do you guys think, uh, Ryan, unless you take this one away, but uh, what do you think about Jay Ajay, back-to-back 200-yard game? Is he really that good, or is this just a, uh, a, a little streak he's going on? Or do you, do you expect it to end this week? I mean, I wish I could really, like, delve into this topic, but 
I mean, how often do I watch the Dolphins? But no, I, I think Jerry Johnny's a tough runner. He he's a physical runner. He's a downhill runner. He's a good. I always thought he was a good back, but what he's been doing is pretty freaking ridiculous. I mean, I don't know if he's gonna continue to run for. I mean, obviously not a hundred or two hundred yards a week. That's ridiculous. But I don't think he's gonna continue running like one fifty or anything, or be like one of the top fantasy backs in the NFL. But I think he's like a, I think he's a solid seventy-five yards, one touchdown a week type of guy, which for Ryan Tannehill is the best thing in the world. Like the Dolphins is due to staying with. Every time you count the Dolphins out, they always have this one run where you think, oh no, the Dolphins could actually do something this year. And of course, the Dolphins aren't gonna do anything. Like let's be real, the Dolphins are still trash. Ryan Tannehill is still a horrible quarterback. But the best thing for Ryan Tannehill. It's Jay Ajay. That's the best thing in the world that Ryan Tannehill's never had. He's always had receivers. He's always had a good defense, but he's never had a running game. Even with Lamar Miller, they never gave Lamar Miller the ball enough. And now they, with the emergence of Jay Ajay, they keep giving him the ball, feeding him the rock, making the job easier for a guy like Ryan Tannehill. Maybe that's because of Adam Gase. I don't know. But things are looking up in Miami. They just beat Buffalo. Buffalo's actually a really good team, even though they didn't have um, um, LaShawn McCoy for the second half. But... I, I can't tell you. I don't it, – it's – Jay Ajay, it's it just – it was so out of left field. Like, when you look at the players who run for 200 yards in a game two times in a row, you see Ricky Williams, um, you see O.J. Simpson, and I can't remember who else it was. But then there's Jay Ajay. Like, Jay Ajay does not belong on this list. Unless he continues to do this on a week-to-week basis, he does not belong on a list with – Ricky Williams and O.J. Simpson, like, this is absolutely insane. And the first week he did it all right against the Steelers. The Steelers have a really bad run defense. But then he did it against Buffalo. Buffalo left up about 80 yards rushing a game. That's, that's insane. And he had went for 200 again. That's absolutely crazy. So I wouldn't be surprised if he can do this. Average about 100 a game for the rest of the season. I'm kind of iffy on it. Okay. I'm not sure. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I mean, he he's definitely a workhorse kind of guy. He uh, Look at his first four games. He didn't average over 50. Um, he, he had a few rough games, but they, they weren't really feeding him the ball. Last two games, he had over 20 attempts both games, and obviously he's put put together those two 200-yard games. So I think as long as you keep feeding him the ball, he's confident right now. He's young. Um, he's got young legs, I think. I, I think uh, I think he's energized, and I think we could see the streak continuing over the next few weeks at least. Um, like I said, with his youth, I think that offensive line in Miami is balling right now. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I think we can see the streak continue on a little bit, and uh, I think, like mm-hmm. Brian alluded to, I think they want to keep the ball out of Tannehill's hands a little bit. Um, I don't know how much they trust him right now, and why not keep beating a giant? So I think that confidence is just going to keep going up, and. Uh, and you know his carries will, will continue. I think he's going to continue to produce. Okay. Well, Jay John reminds me of a guy by the name of Jonas Gray. Jonas Gray was a Patriots <laughs> running back who uh, ran for two hundred yards back to back games. And you, where is Jonas Gray now? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. Um, with that being said, Jonas uh, Jonas Gray had a real knee injury coming out of college. Uh, where he had he had an extra 
he had an extra bone or something, a growth or something like that in his knee, which uh, they said would halt his career, which they can only see him playing for about three years or something like that, somewhere along those lines. Um, anyway, do I think that he's an elite running back? Do I think that he can continue this streak? No. And the reason why is because he's a Miami Dolphin. Okay? The Miami Dang, Dolphins, you're really harsh on a Dolphin. They do. Uh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very real on on the on the show. The Miami Dolphins. If there's one thing, if there's a, if there's a name I could call the Miami Dolphins, I'll tell you right now. I can think of a whole lot of names to call them, but consistency is not one of them. Consistent is not one of them. They're not a consistent football team. They don't have to They have a consistent defense. They do not do anything consistently. They're they're not protecting the pass for 200 yards consistently. So do I think that the running game, people are going to catch on the Jared Goff. So we all know how this goes. You know, they're going to start feeding Jared Goff. People are going to start loading the box. They're going to force Ryan Tannehill to throw. And Ryan, Ryan Tannehill is going to throw what, Brian? Interception. This, this kid is cutting in between the tackles. Like, impre- he, I mean, these runs are impressive, though. He's not he, – They he, really he's are. Really, I'm not he's running the rock beautifully. I'm not, um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doubting his. I'm not doubting his running ability. What I am doubting is the Miami Dolphins' offense and Adam Gase and these guys being able to get it done. Listen, I nobody was as high on the Miami Dolphins going into the season as I was. Brian could tell you, but you know me and you have conversations. I was higher on the Miami Dolphins coming into the season. I was very, very high. On the I don't know why. I said <laughs> they are going to challenge the Patriots for the division. They got Adam Gase as their head coach and their defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph. They're going to get the job done. And Miami has done nothing but disappoint me this entire football season. So with that being said, I do not believe in the Miami Dolphins. I do not believe in the Jay I do not believe in anything represented with that organization. I don't even believe so in Jay Miami Dye Dolphins. They've, they've, you, they've picked up two wins against Pittsburgh and Buffalo the last two weeks. Uh, Congratulations. That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Listen, listen. That was a nice one against Pittsburgh, but Miami always does this. Miami makes me think that they're going to be a contender when, in fact, the Miami Dolphins are a contender. I am firmly – The thing is – I just firmly believe this. As long as Tom Brady is the quarterback of the New England Patriots, that will be his division. Well, the that's Jets not can't get it right. The Bills can't get it right. And the Dolphins can't get it right. Now, would I like to see the Miami Dolphins do well? Absolutely. No one can, can't stand Tom Brady more than myself. But to sit up here and say that, you know, I, I, I just don't think they have a threat to – the New England Patriots, no, at least not a real threat, honestly speaking. The, the, so, I mean, that remains to be like, seen. But the Dolphins to me are like, like that type of, like, really abusive boyfriend. They're like, but they, they always do something that make, makes you go back to the boyfriend. Like, they like they always just do something out of, the, like, the weird kindness of their heart that makes you think, oh, that really, he really is a nice guy. I got to give him another chance. And he always lets you down. Every time. That's the Dolphins. The Dolphins are absolute trash. They're a horrible organization. They've got nothing right since Dan Marino's retired. They're just trash. And I think J.H.I. is a really good runner. Like, that's the difference between him and Jonas Gray. Jonas Gray was not a good runner. Jonas Gray would just go up the middle of the field. And you see what New England does to Indianapolis. Especially their front seven. New England just carves through Indianapolis front seven like a hot knife and do a froyo. Like, it's crazy. But Say is not doing that. And Malik, let me ask you this. It's actually good. 
They're, yeah, absolutely. They What's got the Jets at home next week with a team, a Jets team that left three rushing touchdowns to David Johnson. Just a monster game. Do you think Ajayi goes off against this depleted Jets defense? I mean, he know David Johnson. That's that's a, that's that's a good question. Um, but I'm gonna say no. I mean, who who better to uh, continue it's, this, it's, this? I'm not saying 200 yard streak, but just this streak of of great running from Ajayi against this against this Jets defense. Oh, oh, I believe without a shot of a doubt, he will have a good game. Um, I can see him having a touchdown, uh, rushing for about 80 something yards, maybe something like that around those. But I don't think he's gonna have the same breakout game. Here's the thing: when it comes to the NFL, teams are expecting it now. Teams are not going. To, teams are going to start preparing. Especially Todd Bowles, one of the best defensive minds in the NFL, I think. Um, I think that you know that's going to be. Um, um, I think that's. Um, I you know. Um, I think that's going to be. Uh, for, I mean, I, I think it's up for discussion pretty much. I, I think the Jets, but I personally think the Jets, I think the Jets are going to put together a good game plan that's going to uh, hurt, you know, uh, Miami Dolphins' game plan when it comes to running the football. If they think they're going to go, uh, take on the, um, the New York Jets and just run all over them, they're sadly mistaken. It's not going to happen. I can't see that front, the front four, letting it happen to the New York Jets. But it should be exciting to see. I think it'll be a good game. Both of these teams, one thing they know how to do is lose. But they play each other hard, so I think that'll be a very, very good game. Um, with that being said, uh, so what do you I think, agree. Mike? No, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. The Dolphins are, are going into a, a bye some week up in two weeks. So, I mean, I think Ajayi can definitely, uh, can definitely do some damage to that defense, uh, like he's been doing the past couple of weeks. Oh, agreed, agreed, absolutely. But like I said, we are talking about the Dolphins. <laughs> but um, <laughs> well, let's switch gears here. Um, talk about a little bit of headlines. Uh, there is concern around the entire NFL, particularly within the Minnesota Vikings organization, that Teddy Bridgewater's career might in fact be over. Just want to get you guys' thoughts on that. Uh, let's uh, let's start with you, Brian. What do you think? It's so upsetting. I Teddy Bridgewater. Is I love Teddy Bridgewater. I I had so like these high expectations for Teddy Bridgewater. Like imagine if Teddy Bridgewater was on his team now. This would be the best team he's ever played on right now. And it's such a shame that he might not be the same. And he's gonna come back. At least I think so. But people are saying, well, he might be like a rapper Griffin the third. But all we can really do right now is just hope. Hope that he's not. I like. There's not a lot of good black quarterbacks out here, you know. So when someone like Teddy Bridgewater comes out and has been able to win games like he has, like you gotta you gotta root for the brother, like. And it's really upsetting that that happened, especially in a year where the Vikings are so freaking good. That that Sam Bradford has that team had that team five and zero. Sam Bradford and and Jarek McKinnon had that team five and zero. Imagine. What Bridgewater would be doing, with or without Adrian Peterson, and and don't don't try to tell me that that Bradford's better than Bridgewater. I know Bridgewater's not great, but he's better than Bradford. Like, let's, let's just keep it real. But it's really upsetting me here that about Teddy Bridgewater, and I I hope I hope he's able to return and be able to excel. 
and the NFL. Look, but that, that, this is the reality of the NFL and the reality of playing the, the game of football. It's a beautiful game, <laughs> but and we, we've seen this really with players not. before. and we, We've seen players lately retiring early. Um, Orleans, linebacker for the Niners after one season. I mean, it, it's such a risky game, and I, I feel for Bridgewater. I really do. He He's just a likable guy, and he's a fun player to watch, but I mean, this is a harsh reality of the NFL, and it, it's something that we're seeing more and more lately, and we might continue to see, but it is a shame. Don't get me wrong. And this looks like a Vikings team that's really being a turnaround with that defense. It would, it would have been fun to see Bridgewater um, be the quarterback of that team and see what they can do. But like I said, this is the reality of the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you never want to see a player get hurt. You never want to see a player go down. Um, I think Teddy Bridgewater, uh, you know, definitely showed some bright spots on his career. I mean, I think he can come back for the injury. I think what the real concern is uh, with him tearing his ACL and dislocating his knee in the same knee works, which is where he's going. I think um, teams are just concerned, you know. But like I said, you know, everybody says it can't be done until it's done. So, I, I mean, I think Teddy Bridgewater, I think he's a strong-minded guy. You know, they said he wasn't an NFL type of quarterback coming out of college. He's climbed over that hurdle. You know, then they said he couldn't throw the ball deep. He pretty much accomplished that. I mean, the guy's proven three people pretty much wrong. So, I mean, I think if there's one guy to do it, um, it is Teddy Bridgewater. I believe in him. I think he'll get himself on the right track. I think he'll Yeah, I'd love to see him make a comeback. With, That'd be great. Absolutely. Uh, we actually have one of our other callers calling in right here, right now, Alex. So, uh, uh, you know, we're going to get right to it. Alex? Can you hear me? Yeah, we, we can hear you. We can hear you. We're, we're just sitting talking about What's the up? Bridgewater news. Uh, uh, you know, uh, we're, we were just talking about how Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, some, some, there's some concern around the NFL that Teddy Bridgewater's career might be over due to him tearing his ECL, you know, and also just getting his knee in the same knee with his ACL. So, what's um, your thoughts on it? What do you think? Um, well, I mean, I've been hurt a lot throughout my uh, – my athletic career, uh, two, three surgeries uh, in just a little bit under two years. Um, so I definitely understand how, how he feels, uh, how people might be saying his career is over. Um, but I think that we can't assume anything until either him or a doctor that's looked at him comes out and says, I might never play again. Um, there's always a lot of rumors about it. Uh, certain surgeries you have, doctors will tell you something and they'll be like, yeah, you may never be back to yourself again. Uh, and they might just say that basically because there's a 1% chance you'll never be back to yourself again. And there's a 99% chance you'll be back just as good. Um, so I really think we can't jump to anything until someone from the Vikings or uh, his coach or him or a doctor comes out and actually says, um, what's up with him? Fair point, fair point, fair point. And, you know, it was just being pretty much discussed around the NFL that that uh, – that that definitely could be be a real possibility, but you know, like you said, well, that remains to be seen. Um, once again, ladies and gentlemen, you guys can reach us at the call in number, which is seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six. Once again, that's seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six. Checking all we're talking all things football, taking all your questions, answering. You can also follow us on Facebook at the Right Way with Malik Wright and on Twitter at the Right Way. BSP, um, and you can find me on my email, therealmalikwright at gmail.com, and you can answer all your questions and 
different topics that we have. So at this point in the show, as you all know, I am the I am the cover guy for the, um, the Cincinnati Bengals, and I cover them for Back Sports Page. So at this part of the show, I'm going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals and what I saw from this week as I am instructed to. So with that being said, we're gonna open up uh, we're gonna open up this little part of the show to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals, guys. Guys, the Cincinnati Bengals took on the Cleveland Browns this week. As some of you may know or may have not known, um, when they threw on the Cleveland Browns, they beat the 31-17. Hoorah. Not a big win to me. Um, <laughs> still some, still some, still some, some, still some work has to be done. Our run defense looks horrendous. I mean, when you look at it across the board, I mean, Brandon Wilson's coming on. We got Kyle Eifert back, which is always a big plus. And you got a guy who fought 13 touchdowns last year. You got him back in the lineup, so that's always going to be huge. Um, I don't know. I just this year for the Cincinnati Bengals feels a little bit different for me, um, and I can't really put my place my finger on it. Uh, it just doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like they have the same pump about them that they've had the previous years. It could be the loss of Marvin Jones. It could be the loss of Marvin Sanu. It could be the loss of Hugh Jackson. It could be the loss of Reggie Nelson. It could be a loss collectively of all these great players who helped make the Cincinnati Bengals over the years. But it makes me question. Are the Bengals a serious contender, or, or is my team a pretender? Now, history will show that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to rebound. They're going to make the playoffs because the AFC North is so streaky, and the AFC has filled with weak teams besides the Patriots, Steelers, Broncos, and Bengals. I mean, those are the real teams that consistently make it each and every single year. I mean, so, I mean, guys, what do you guys think? I mean, I'll, I'll, let, uh, I'll let Alex answer this, and we'll go, on, we'll go in order. Well, Alex, Brian, and Mike, and then, you know, we're going like that. What do you think, Alex? Um, as far as as far as the Bengals go this year, uh, obviously beating the Browns isn't very impressive, but a win's a win. Uh, it could have been what Absolutely. they needed to uh, get to get to get back on track. Um, it it hopefully will help them out in figuring themselves out. Um, unfortunately, the Browns lost. Another quarterback, um, but I think I think really what's going to tell um, is not not their next game, uh, as the next game against the Redskins is in London, um, but the game after when they go to New York to play the Giants. Uh, dun, dun, dun. I know the Giants the Giants aren't great this year, but uh, coming off a of bye week and going into New York. Uh, beating the Giants would be a big statement, uh, kind of telling the league and the AFC North that, hey, we might have started off bad, but we're not going to go down. Agreed. Could be. Now you start, how you finish. What do you think, Brian? Um. Well, I think first of all, we got to talk about Jeremy Hill, right? How many yards did he have on oh, nine carries? Are you kidding? One hundred sixty-nine yards. 20- no big deal. That's 2014, no big deal. Jeremy Hill. What is that? Like that's that's literally <laughs> mad in numbers. But um, mind you, I, I think I if there's any team, with a, I, I believe he's playing with a torn rotator cuff in his left shoulder as well. But you know, they're not. He's not. Uh, he's not really saying it. He keeps coming off the field. So you see, Gio getting a lot of carries as well. But continue. Sorry. G- Gio had a great day too. But um, yeah. I think this is the type of game that the Browns needed. Next week is really tough. London games are really tough. As we saw with that ugly game at that ugly rugby stadium, 
Twickenham Stadium or whatever, no one comes off the plane in London to even play the football game in the first place, besides one player. So, London games are tough for both teams. It's going to be really ugly for the Bengals. They're playing, a, they're playing a pretty good team in the Redskins. They're a sleepy good team. They're not a great team. Then they play the Giants, a team that they should be able to take care of. I mean, I mean how good are the Giants actually? Right? So, with Big Ben out, this is the time for the Bengals to pounce on this division. With Big Ben gone, the Browns being the Browns, and God hating the Browns for some reason, and <laughs> Joe Flacco to what, playing the way he did last week and the Ravens losing four in a row, this is the time for the Bengals to say, you know what, this was our division last year, and we want to reclaim that division, and this is the time to do it. If there's any time, this is it without Big Ben. It, it's perfect for the Bengals. They have two very winnable games that's coming up, and they got to just take care of business, and they're right back in the thick of the AFC North, probably leading the AFC North, North to be honest, because Pittsburgh plays Dallas in, in like three weeks or so. They have the bye next week, then they play Baltimore. That should be a win. But then they play they play Dallas, so that's another loss, and that's one and two in this three-game stretch without Big Ben. And if the Bengals can come out of that this stretch with three wins, then, hey, it, it's a division. It's a race again. It, it's a tough race again, and I wouldn't bet on – the Bengals choking the division away, especially the way they've played the past five seasons. This is absolutely perfect for Cincinnati. I, I don't see I, – I did not see that I can trust movies. I mean, if they won their first, lost the next two, won, lost the next two, and they just won against a depleted Browns team that, we've, that we already touched on. Um, they just – very inconsistent. Their three wins come against the Jets, Dolphins, and the Browns. Um, but wait, none, wait, wait, time out, time out. Can I, we we got to talk about who they lost to also. They lost to Denver. They lost to New England. They lost to Pittsburgh. They what did. They they did. Dallas. They, they, have, they have tough Dallas. That, that they've lost to, I agree. But, uh, I mean, I don't, you know, going – essentially going on the road to London. It's listed as a home game for them. The, the Redskins are not a, an easy out. Uh, they they had a rough start to the season, but they, they've proven to be tough. I, I, just, I don't know. I can't trust this team right now. I see where you're coming from, Brian. With the with, those, are, those are four tough losses. I agree. But I don't, know. I just don't know. I feel like this is a team that has lost a lot of sting offensively with the loss of Jones and Sanu. Um, and they're still just trying to find their way and kind of claw their way back into it. And I, I don't know how easy it is going to London facing this Redskins team and then in MetLife on a, on a Monday night. Uh, but, hey, we'll, we'll see. I mean, you know, Dal- Dalton, Dalton, he's not, he's no rookie. He's been in situations before. Uh, so we might be able to get this Cincinnati team back, back into a, a good playoff spot. But, I, I just can't trust them that, right now. I think I think you and me might be at that game, right, Mike? What's that, Malik? I said I think you and me might be at that game, right? The Giants, the Giants versus possibly, Bengals, and on on Monday on Monday Night Football. Um, so <laughs> you know, with that being with that being said, with me, I mean, listen, guys, we're gonna beat we're gonna beat the Redskins in in London. It's just it's not a good look. It wouldn't be a good look for Marvin Lewis. It wouldn't be a good look for the Cincinnati Bengals losing to their former offensive coordinator in London. And people forget, not just from an NFL standpoint, think about it from a national standpoint. So many coaches have lost their jobs after losing in London. 
I, I just don't – I think this is, this is the Bengals' first time playing overseas. I, I just think it would be very, very tough. It would be a very, very tough pill for uh, not necessarily the Bengals to swallow, but more so Mike Brown as the owner to swallow because we know how big, you know um, – you know, you know, you we know, you know how big it is to, uh, you know, for owners to win, you know, on and in, in, on such big stages, you know, amongst each other. And that's one thing that Mike Brown did stress. He said, you know, it wasn't really so much that we lost; it was more so the embarrassment he felt between, you know, amongst sitting amongst other owners. You know, but like I said, I think either way we look at it, I think this is the season for change for the Cincinnati Bengals. Whether that means Marvin Lewis is fired as head coach, or whether that means we get it done this year. Who knows? I'll tell you this much. The Bengals players all say it, say it best. You know, it does not start. Uh, you know, we don't start back in the playoffs. We have to get there first. And I definitely think there are two winnable games next next few next two weeks. I think the Bengals can beat uh, the Redskins, and I think they also can beat the Giants. I'm not saying those are easy games, but I am saying I think they they can do them. They can do them. Neither team is impressive to me this season. Neither neither one of these teams are impressive to me. The Giants have been very, very streaky to say the least. The Giants just played the the, uh, the Los Angeles Rams, and that, I'm sorry, that was an ugly game. I mean, Landon Collins, shout out to my man from Bambo. Oh, that was terrible. He did a great job. Did you see the played, six by Rogers huh? Cromartie? Says those lobs. Both of Rogers Cromartie's oh, picks says right. lobs in the end zone. Oh, no. Did you hear what he said afterwards? Did you hear what he said afterwards? No, it was what so was funny. that? Roger Samardi, he was like at the end of the game. He was like, "So I saw the ball in the air, and I thought to myself, seriously, like it was it was the worst I've ever seen." <laughs> and it was both, both of them. I mean, that, that that game was very ugly, but still, it was so fun. Yeah, you know, I mean, but, really, like I, I agree. Said, the Giants, the Giants haven't, the Giants haven't looked too impressive. But that, that, that should that's going to be a grind, going to be a grinded out game on a Monday night, definitely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm excited to see how the, with the scheme the Bengals come up with to stop Odell because one thing I do give my team credit for is that they are able to limit, minimize, and basically erase a top receiver from the game as we saw with them do as we saw them do to uh, Antonio Brown in week two. So, um, like I said, it it'll be a very good game, very good game to see how uh, everything pans out. With that being said, let's switch gears a little bit, guys. Uh, we all know, and if you don't know, Geno Smith's ACL, the impact it has on the Jets moving forward. I'm not sure it really has that much impact. I guess the real question is, now that Ryan Fitzpatrick is a starting quarterback for the New York Jets again, what does that mean for the New York Jets football season? I think, personally, it means it's OVO. I think it's done. I think trouble. You can put him in the coffin. I think it's – thinking and forget about him. Honestly. Spells trouble with a capital T. Um, <laughs> exactly. I think that – the Jets season was over before they even gave Gino the ball this year. Um, Agreed. But I mean, I'm I'm still kind of I I believe that Fitzpatrick maybe not as of now as of what he's shown this year, but I still think overall he's a better quarterback than Gino, and I'd rather put the ball in his hands anyway. I'd rather put my chips in a veteran quarterback who hasn't had a great career but has had a solid career. Um, than Gino, but honestly, if I were the Jets at this point, and they don't, if if they don't get this win in the Browns, if they don't win at least two out of their next three games, I'd say start Petty. 
uh, at least know what you have going into this next draft with Petty. Because if you don't try him, you're not going to know what you have. And if you don't know what you have, you don't know if you need to draft a quarterback. I've been That's saying point, that. Huh? I remember I said that. I, it was a great point. I, I said that on the right way a long, long, long time ago, back when the, uh, the, the Jets were about to draft. I predicted that the Jets were going to draft Bryce Petty. Everybody was like, no, you're going to draft Mariota. I was like, there's no way. They're going to draft Bryce Petty. And I remember everybody comes to me like, you're a genius. I'm like, no, you just got to see the way it plays out and shakes up. They're going to draft Bryce Petty. And I think Bryce Petty is the answer for them, honestly speaking. I, I believe in the kid. I think he just needs a chance to actually prove himself. Um, I'm not exactly sure what has been holding him back or what's going on. I think they just want to bring him along slowly pretty much. But I think Ryan Fitzpatrick, he has never started a playoff game. I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's a leader for a team. And I wouldn't trust him. So, um, honestly speaking, I, I, if you, if you, if I'd start, I'd start, uh, I'd start Bryce Petty, honestly speaking. But that remains what he said. Uh, Brian, what do you think? Well, the Jets are an ugly franchise. They have an ugly logo. They have ugly uniforms. They have an ugly. They have an ugly front office. They have an ugly team. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Just, this guy's just the, ripping the Jets apart right now. The Jets are terrible. Logo and, logo and uniforms have nothing to do with how you play on a football field. But it exactly. doesn't help me when I'm watching them. It doesn't help me when I'm watching them to see them in those stupid dark green uniforms. Anyway. They're so there's no bias from the Patriots fan in this argument. I mean, what's their record? They're two and five. They're still two and five, regardless of what team I like. And oh, Malik, did I not say they make the playoffs this year? Malik, did I? I did say. Yeah, who was gonna make the playoffs? And I was the Jets. I said the Jets will make the playoffs. I said the Jets will oh, well, succeed in the in the AFC. And that was the worst pick I've ever made. Like the Jets are terrible. It doesn't matter who they start at quarterback because either way they're gonna win like five games. It doesn't matter. Congrats, you guys beat the Ravens. The Ravens have have like twelve injuries. Steve Smith's gone. Like Jimmy Smith's gone. Like the the Ravens suck. They lost in the same stadium two weeks in a row. I don't even know how it's humanly possible to lose to the Giants and the Jets two weeks straight. The Jets are absolutely terrible. The Jets can't pass defense. They can't defend the run. The only play they have on offense are Matt Forte, who they never get the ball to because they're always down by, like, 20 in the second half. And Brandon Marshall, they can't get the ball to because they don't have a quarterback who can throw to him. And when they do have a quarterback who can throw to him, like Fitzpatrick, he stares him down for half the freaking game, and eventually he throws three picks just throwing to Brandon Marshall. The Jets are terrible. It doesn't matter who they have a quarterback. It doesn't matter. The Jets are an abomination right now. The Jets are one of the most disappointing football teams in the NFL to me. Like, out of all the teams in the NFL, I expected so much more from the Jets after what they did last year because I was really impressed with how they played last year. And I was impressed with Todd Bowles, and I was impressed with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I was impressed with that defense. And their best, they had a great defensive team when Darren Lee, and he's out too. And they just got embarrassed on Monday Night Football. And then, and I just, you know, honestly, I feel bad for Geno Smith. Because I do like Geno Smith, too. I actually always like Geno Smith, and I feel bad. Why? He finally gets his, he finally gets, well, because, like I said, I got to I gotta show love for my brothers out here playing quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and he finally gets his chance, I think, after acting like a, like an idiot on the sideline when he's not playing. And he finally gets his chance. And one quarter in, he's playing pretty well. And just like that, it's over. So. Like, I'm thinking like the Jets of the Dallas where they, but... they lost a productive wide receiver in Decker early on. That's true. Um, so, I mean, who who are their receivers? Anunua? What is he? I don't know. And what is he going to do? Jalen Marshall? These guys 
They're not going to produce. That, all these right. teams can just they can lock down on Marshall. I mean, he's not going to break off. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't see him breaking off big play and changing games. So these teams can lock down on Marshall, lock in, and then he did last week. they can't run the ball with Forte. But uh, yeah, I, I agree with Alex. I think they definitely need to do what Fitzpatrick does for one more game. I mean, I, I say start Petty now um, and then see what they have to do going forward, whether they draft a quarterback early on or or they or if Petty performs well, they they put possibly just go go ahead and develop him. Well, See, the thing about the Jets, one thing, one, the thing about the Jets, one thing that I, so, sorry, Alex. Oh, sorry, go. You can go. Uh, one thing I've been I've been telling my friends, Jets fans, Giants also have some sort of problem like this too. But one thing I've been telling my friends who are Jets fans for a long time is that they put together a pretty decent secondary. They put together a very great front four front three, um, and they just don't invest in linebackers. And my friends, they always tell me, Darren Lee, they're always talking about that. They don't invest in linebackers. And without linebackers, your defense can't run well. And I think that's one of their biggest problems. Everyone's looking at their offense and all the interceptions they've thrown, but they don't have those guys that'll come in and that'll deliver a big hit that'll change the game, something like that. They don't have that linebacker crew, and that's a big thing. Uh, you see teams that have success, like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Hey, that's a very, very great point. Very, very great point. I, I agree 110% with that. But let's switch gears a little bit. Um, you know, I, now that we got over the, the Brian rant when it comes to New York football Jets, now we understand your disdain for the New York Jets from before, Brian. I'll be sure to not bring them up as often. <laughs> Um, uh, but um, but with that being said, I you know I don't I, I wouldn't go as far as to say that they're a terrible 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 organization. I you know but I, I I would say that they have some work to do. That's about it. But with that being said, let's say in New York, um, Mike, I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you talk about this topic. Uh, do you think John Brown, you know, basically handled the situation yeah. situation right in, um. The situation, right? You know, you know, we all know the story by now of John Brown, you know, the kicker, the New York Giants. And do you think his time with the New York Giants, or you know, let alone in the NFL, is done? Look, I, I think the way the Giants handled that was was just atrocious. I mean, they, they, they knew more than they let on, and that they let the public know. And he, he should have, it should have been a four or six game suspension off the bat. With that being said, it was only one game suspension. He came back, and now this whole thing has happened where these journals have came out. I, I think I think he, he, his time in New York is done, in my opinion. Um, I'm not saying necessarily his time in the NFL needs to be done. The guy has made mistakes, but it seems like you know he's looking to turn the corner on that. But uh, just too much has gone down in New York with him now that the guy's got to get out. He he has to get out. I don't know if another team will sign him, but I think his time in New York should should be finished up. Um, I think it, it's just it's just been too too much controversy around him uh, to come back. I, I think. I I I, I agree. What, what would you say, Brian? Um, I I hate I I love the I love watching the NFL and I hate the NFL. The NFL is like one of the worst organizations on the planet when it comes to stuff like this, and they pretend that they learn these lessons from all these stories that leak into the press 
about Ray Rice and Greg Hardy and and they do all this stuff for breast cancer awareness, you know, to make people think, wow, we really do care about women. And then something happens. And after all of this, let's no, let's just shove it under the rug. It doesn't. We don't need the press and the public to know about this. We don't need to punish the player justly for what he's done. I think John Brown's done in the NFL. First of all, every time someone talks about it, I think about John Brown receiver. But it, it's, it is, it's, it's John really Brown. it's John Brown. Yeah, that's what. That's why I think every time though, it's really frustrating. It's really frustrating. Like, and it's like, what am I gonna do? Not watch the NFL? Like, I can't just not watch the NFL. Let's, let's be honest. But it's just annoying that every time something like this happens, they just try to shove it under the rug and not let anyone know about it. And I don't think he will have another job in the NFL because as a kicker, you're expendable. As a kicker, you can get your job replaced any minute as long as unless you're someone like Adam Vinatieri or something. I mean, like, kickers don't get drafted other than Aguayo. Kickers don't even get drafted Aguayo. in the first place. So, <laughs> so what, and he, he's terrible too. So, I mean, like who really like Ray Rice didn't get a second chance in the NFL. And Ray Rice was a really good player, let alone someone that you could just find someone walking out on the street. Like Vinatieri, as I mentioned, who was an undrafted free agent. Like, so as a kicker, your NFL career could be extremely long or extremely short. And not many times is it sort of in the middle. So I think his career in the NFL is done. I hope he I hope he changes, obviously. I hope he learns. He he seems like someone who's really he recognized his problem and it seems like he really wants to do something about it. And it seems like he just needs help. But right now I don't think being in the NFL is helping him right now with his problem. So and at well, least until he gets that figured out, he won't have a job. But if he gets that figured out by all means, I hope he gets a job in the NFL because just like Michael Vick, I'm all for people with second chances. Like I'm all for someone who's redeemed themselves for what they've done and who's taken responsibility for what they've done and changed who they are. I'm all for second chances for people like that. But right now, it doesn't seem like he's really changed who he is, even though he really wants to. So right now, I think he just needs to step away and get help. Um, Josh Brown, the thing about him is he's He's a proven NFL kicker. There's, there's no doubt that he is good enough. There's no doubt that teams would want to have Josh Brown on their team as a kicker goes. Um, as far as what he did off the field, obviously I think that should be punished the way the NFL set up the rules with the six-game suspension for the first time. And if he does it again, he's never playing in the league again. Uh, I think once you make a rule like that, you just got to stick with it. Um, as far as what what you guys were saying before. Um, his time in New York definitely needs to be done just because New York is, is a different kind of monster when you're playing sports there. Um, everything you do in New York, whether you wear an ugly hat or you do what Josh Brown did, is scrutinized ten times more than it would be in most cities around the country. Um, but I think Josh Brown could find a fit in a smaller, smaller TV market, smaller market city. I mean, he's kicked in the NFL since 2003. He has a career uh, 84% making field goals, which isn't great, but it's, it's certainly above average. Um, and I think that he will, he will find another home uh, somewhere in the NFL if he ends up not playing for the Giants. I, 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 can, I can agree. He was, he was actually uh, the Bengals kicker at one point um, with Mike Nugent actually got hurt. Um but uh you know, no, uh you know, John 
you said Josh Allen is definitely a proven kicker in the NFL. Um, I just feel bad for Ben McAdoo, honestly speaking. Uh, There's how much, you know, the, the media has been on his football team this season, you know, whether that be with Odell Beckham's antics. Talk about the, uh, on the fire. Yeah, right? Uh, uh, you know, Odell Beckham marrying the Nets or, you know, with this now. You know, with being a first-year head coach, this has to be a lot on him. And it has to be distracting towards the, NFL, the, uh, the New York football Giants players as well. But I commend them for the way that they're handling it and they're not letting it distract, you know, business, basically. I believe it's Antonio Brown that says his business is booming. <laughs> but, um, no, uh, I, in, in, on, on a serious note, I, I think it is a very, very serious thing, which Josh Brown has done. And I wouldn't be shocked if he did get another opportunity in the NFL. But if he did, I wouldn't be shocked either. But, like I said, it's just one of those things where, you know, you got, 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 you got to do better, especially as an NFL athlete and NFL football player. So, with that being said, at this point in time, before we get into, our, you know, our open forum, pretty much, uh, I'm going to say once again, guys, you guys can follow us on at the right on Twitter at the right way at BSP. Um, follow me on Facebook, uh, the right way with Malik Wright. Um, and also my email, the real Malik Wright at gmail.com. Here once again with my co-host Brian Phelps, Alex Solomon, and welcoming back to the show Michael B. Football, who was my first ever host here on the right way. So you know this is going to be absolutely this is going to be the crew here from here on out. You know definitely on the right way, and you know we're, we're looking to get more involved on Twitter and stuff like that as I'll be delegating things. You know um, to answer all your questions and do more posting. I want to be more, a little more active when it comes to social media and a little bit more active when it comes to responding to you guys as well. So, with that being said, Alex, I want you to take it away. Um, well, one thing that uh, I've been noticing in the NFL um, that I think is is ridiculous is uh, the way the Raiders are, are being treated by not only the media, ESPN, uh, how they're kind of just getting swept under the rug, uh, but also – Las Vegas and the betting lines. Um, the Raiders just basically dismantled the Jacksonville Jaguars. They were an underdog in the game going into Jacksonville, and they dismantled the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now they're playing Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. They play Jacksonville away. They haven't lost a single game on the road, and Tampa Bay's favored by a point. So I don't know if the guys in Vegas are just kind of going crazy or they no one really believes in the Oakland Raiders. Um, but even on ESPN – you see everyone talking about the Cowboys, everyone talking about um, the Steelers before Big Ben went down. The Raiders have lost two games. They lost a division game against the Chiefs and a close game against the Falcons at the beginning of the year. And that's it. They've won every other game. They beat the Saints in a hard-fought game in New Orleans. Uh, they beat the Titans. They haven't been winning in a superior fashion besides this week against the Jaguars, but they've been winning. And I'm going to say this right now. I say that on November 6th, in two weeks, the Raiders are going to go in Denver. Uh, they're going to go in Oakland. Denver's going to come to town, and they're going to beat them. And then that's when the NFL is going to realize that the Raiders are legit. The Raiders are definitely a playoff team this year, and they will definitely make it to the divisional round. Okay. Any, 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 anybody got any comments on that one? I, I, I agree. I, I, I'm impressed with the Raiders. 
I agree. I'm I'm impressed with the Raiders, but I'm also not impressed with the Raiders because of in just this simple fact, they beat who they have to play, but you touched on it. Who did they have to play? And until they play a team like Oakland or a team like they beat a team like Kansas City, then they're not going to get any press in the media because they're beating teams like uh, New Orleans, who's absolute garbage, like Tennessee, who's absolute garbage, by single scores. And that doesn't impress people very much. Last week they were somehow, I don't know how, you're going to have Jacksonville as a favorite to beat. The Oakland Raiders is absolutely atrocious. And, of course, they spanked the Jaguars. Jaguars are just, the Jaguars are like the Jets to me right now. They're just like a disappointment machine. But 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 they're a legitimate, they're a legitimate playoff team. No question that. They might even – like the way you said, oh, well, they definitely go into the divisional round. The way things are set up now, they don't even have to play a game in their in the divisional round. So, I mean, if they can hold on to this division, they might just be the two-seed or the three-seed. With the way that Big Ben's gone now, the way the, the Broncos are playing, and that could just they could sneak into the AFC Championship right there. So I'm, I've been really impressed with the Raiders. It's just that it's hard to get a lot of press in the NFL, and I, especially um, when you're beating teams like that, and especially when you play in a city like Oakland and you don't have many big time superstar players on your team, and like your biggest player on your defense is Khalil Mack, which he's great, but the defense isn't very great. Your quarterback's David Carr, who's good, but he He's mostly just great just because he doesn't make mistakes. And your best receiver is Michael Crabtree. And you have Octavius Murray starting out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. These aren't superstars. You better Mark Cooper. You forget, you're forgetting I a good young receiver. I, I, that I Carter Cooper connection is, is one of the best in the NFL by far. I don't know if, I don't know if Cooper's better than Crabtree right now. I don't know about that. Well, Crabtree's scoring touchdowns, but he's also getting passes inside the red zone. I think Cooper is, is really the threat on the team. I don't have an argument either way on that one. I'm sorry. Like, I could go either way with this one. Like, I take a Martin Cooper or Michael Crabtree. Michael Crabtree's bigger, so he gets more targets in the red zone. He just goes up against the ball. Martin Cooper's more of an athlete, so he can go out and get the ball and the rest of the field. So he can stretch the field. It doesn't matter either way. I just think I think they're a good team. I think they're they're a playoff team, but they have flaws. They have a lot of flaws especially on the defensive side of the ball that they need to work on before they, they're like a legitimate Super Bowl team and they get treated as a legitimate Super Bowl team. But, I mean, I don't even listen to what ESPN has to say anymore. ESPN talks about the same thing over and over again. Screw ESPN. I'd rather listen to the right way than listen to ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I definitely appreciate that, Brian. I hope our listeners out there no feel the same exact way. But, you know, the ESPN is a, <laughs> is a huge organization. It's hard to deal with them. But, um, with that being said, um, I mean, I think the Raiders will definitely be a good uh, a football team. I can see them making the playoffs this year. Be tough to go in there and beat Denver, especially with that defense, the amazing defense. Um, Shane really, Raiders has really come on for Denver as well. But, like I said, in, in the NFL, anything can happen. So, like I said, we're going to continue this open forum chat. So, with that being said, um, Brian, what do you want to talk about? Uh, well, I'm talking about. I have a huge, I have a huge problem with the NFL. Why are they setting up so many horrible primetime games? I mean, Thursday night especially. Thursday night every year, all the Thursday night games are terrible. <laughs> I can run through the list. I can run through the list of the Thursday night games, like Dolphins, Bengals, Patriots, Texans, Jaguars. Uh, what's it called? Titans. I mean, Bears, Packers. First of all, why did the Bears get 
more than one primetime game this season. This is the one year where I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, the NFC East gets all these primetime games. Maybe it's justified. And now they have no primetime games. This is absolutely ridiculous. Last night, I had to sit in front of my TV for three and a half hours watching a game that ended six to six. Like, can you, like, like, you know how frustrating that was to watch? It, it was terrible. It's just the competition in the NFL is not as good as it normally is. Plus the fact that these games, they give the Bears all these, like, primetime games. They give, they give, they have to give everyone a Thursday night game or else they can't use those ugly uniforms. Other than the Chargers, those are, those are, I love those uniforms. But other than that, it's just absolutely ridiculous. And I hate, I'm just really frustrated with the NFL with their schedule making. They said next week, Sunday night is probably going to be good. Are you going to, are you going to argue that Seahawks Cardinals wasn't a good choice for a Sunday night game? I'm not arguing it wasn't a good choice. I'm arguing that it wasn't a good game. It, was a good it game. wasn't a good Obviously. game, but the NFL yeah, but yeah, can't it, predict it, the games that come out. But yeah, the last two times, the last two times the Cardinals played the Seahawks in Arizona, the Cardinals scored six points each, and they were absolute blowouts. And one of that, one of those was on national TV too. I remember because Marshawn Lynch had Beastquake 2.0, and he ran across, he ran through the entire all 11 players on our Cardinals defense, and he beat them like 46 to six or something. So I mean. Yeah, you could have seen that coming. I didn't see the game that came out last night. I did not see that coming at all. We're referring to a game a year ago. Like there's still there's still going to be good hard fought divisional games. Like that. It was a hard fought divisional game. The chances are it's going to be a good, it's going to be a tough game either way. But that's not really the game yeah. that I'm really focused on. I'm focused on games like Bears Cowboys and like Packers Bears. And and like well, Packers Titan Bears, Jags. North football is great. I would no matter how bad the Bears are in a year, I would always want to watch Bears Packers, Bears Vikings, Bears Lions, anything like that. Because NFC North football is just tough football, no matter what. I'd agree with you if it was like Lions Packers, but I don't know about the Bears. The Bears are really bad. <laughs> I mean, and like if it was, it was like the Lions aren't good either. But I, I'd watch the Lions and the Packers. It's like I mean, that's no problem for me, but. I mean, but the Bears haven't been involved in really any blowouts this year. That's true, too. I, I mean, their their biggest point though. differential they lost by was, was against the Packers, 16. That's not excruciating. Those are all decent football games. They're, they're, they're decent score lines, but they're not decent games. They're really – they're really dis- – I really get disinterested in the game halfway through. I will give the Bears this, though. They they were in the game late. Um – they were in the game late. They had the lead after the fumble. They recovered for a touchdown. They had like a ten, a ten six lead or something. But I mean, I mean, it's just. I mean, you gotta admit that the 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 primetime games haven't been good. And of course, there's gonna be a really good primetime game. And last night was like the first real primetime game with like substance that would matter in a playoff race. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why it took that long. To to. I mean, play. I love I loved last night's game. I thought it was a great game. I thought it was one of the best football games I've watched recently because, personally, I just love defense. And watching two offenses struggle to score and try to figure it out is something that I like to watch. I agree. I'd rather watch a a 7-10 game than a 50-40 game. I'd rather watch two offensive coordinators, two coaches, try to figure out something 
that can beat the other team's defense than watch two defenses try to figure out how to stop a quarterback who's going to throw for 500 yards. So you're, just, so you're saying you'd rather watch that than any Saints home game because that's every Saints home game ever. I mean, I last night I had I watched that game. I sat down and I enjoyed every second of that game, right down to the Seahawks not making it across midfield until five minutes left in the game. I mean, they only made it across midfield because of the block punt by Tanner McAvoy. But yeah, I, I, I agree. I like I like defensive games, but like it gets to a point where where like it's late in the fourth quarter and it's three three. Like like I kind of like if it was like ten six, like I'd be like, yeah, at least I got to see a touchdown. Like at least I get to see some offense. And was it more bad offense or good defense, or was it a combination <clears throat> of both? Because that's also important in determining. This is like the best worst game I've ever seen. So like I don't know where to rank this. Like in my mind, like. Is it a great game because of all the defense, or was it a horrible game because of the lack of offense and the fact that Arizona had so many opportunities to score and they just couldn't come through? And that wasn't just because, oh, the defense of Seattle was just so amazing. No, they, mm-hmm. they blew chances in Seattle's half of the field. So it kind of goes both ways in that sense. So I, I, I don't know where to rank it. I just thought it was hilarious at the end of the game, especially talking with a Cardinals fan during the game in our group chat. Like the group chat just went absolutely wild when uh Ken Zero missed that kick. Oh my goodness. Well, like I said, you know, I'm I'm a defensive guy as well, so I enjoy defensive games. But you know, some people like offense. Some people don't like some people like defense, some people like offense. You know, it's it's all depending on your case pretty much. With that being said, guys, once again I'm gonna say that I am Malik Wright. Uh, you can follow you can follow us on, on Twitter at the right way at BSP. Follow us on Facebook at the right way with Malik Wright and email me at the real Malik Wright at gmail.com answering all your questions, any questions that you do have. We'll have pretty much uh, you know, the rest of my co-hosts uh, their information set up by next week and we'll be able to give that out to you as well so you guys can pretty much dialogue with them as well. But anyway, at this point in time for the last segment of the show, we are going to do predictions for next week's games. My favorite part of the show. So, this is my favorite part, too. Leave my taking it away, got, you uh, Yeah, you're taking it away. We got the we're starting off with Jaguars versus the Titans. You're, I'm going to have you read off the list of games and do our predictions pretty much. I'll take uh, Jaguars, Titans. I'll take the I'll take the Titans there. Okay. Uh, you got Redskins Bengals in London at nine thirty. Uh nine thirty Eastern. I'll take the I'll take Washington there in a tough game, close game. Cardinals Panthers. Okay. I'm gonna go with Arizona rebounding off that tie. I'll take uh Seattle over New Orleans. In a, a good mm-hmm. performance by Seattle's offense. I think they're gonna rebound. I'll take the Jets over the uh yeah, I'll take the Jets over the Browns. Raiders over the Bucks. I'm gonna go Falcons over the Packers. Mm. I, I I don't see I see the Lions grinding out a tough game against Houston and taking that win. Uh Kansas City over Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. New England over Buffalo. I mean, how hard is it to go against Brady at this point? San Diego, Denver, uh 
I'm going to go with Den- Denver's defense hanging tough there and taking Denver uh, winning that one. Eagles-Cowboys, that's going to be a classic NFC East Sunday night game. It's in Dallas, I believe. Uh, I'm going to take, take Philadelphia upsetting them on the road. And then last but not least, the Monday night game. I mean, come on, Chicago. They're not going to do much against Minnesota, I don't think. Taking Minnesota in that one on Monday night. Okay, okay. What do you think, Alex? Um. All right. So, uh, start with Thursday. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Jaguars that game. Uh, okay. I'm gonna think they go in there and they get another win. Uh, I think that game is gonna be one of the worst games of football we've ever seen. But I think the Jaguars <laughs> come out with a victory. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with go with the Raiders winning big over the Bucks by two touchdowns or more. You're a Raider. Um, You're really high on the Raiders. I, right? I'm a Raider believer this year. They they really got me. Um, uh, I'm gonna go with go with the Bengals over the Redskins at home. Uh, I mm. think that they kind of figured some stuff. They figured some stuff well, out against the Browns. It's in London. In London. And, it's in London. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, it's in London. Um, I'm, I'm still gonna go. I think they figured some stuff out against uh, against the Browns. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that that'll carry over. Uh, I think the Redskins played a real tough game, and I think we're gonna see the combination of the tough game. Uh, this past week and the travel kind of beat up on them a little bit where the Bengals played a little bit less of a tough game. Um, I'm going to take the Chiefs over the Colts. Uh, the Chiefs look pretty pretty good right now, especially with their defense and the Colts offense kind of not really being able to do too much this season. Um, I think that that's just a good matchup for the Chiefs. Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks over the Saints uh, just for the fact that the Saints aren't a very good football team right now. Uh, I'm going to go Houston over the Lions because Houston plays incredible at home. And the Lions, even though they're 4-3, and three, haven't impressed me too much this year. I'm not sold. Uh, for the sake of my roommate, for the sake of every Jets fan I know, I'm going to take the Jets over the Browns. Um, <laughs> just So hopefully that they can have some sort of self-respect uh, after that one. And because, honestly, the Browns may be starting Julian Edelman at quarterback this week. (laughs) Um, I'm going to take the Patriots over the Bills, but I'm going to say that that game is a lot closer than we all think. Buffalo's playing Mm -hmm. well, and they're hosting. Um, I'm going to upset of the week for me. I'm going to take the Panthers over the Cardinals. Um, I'm going to say the Panthers actually remember who they are. And remember how they're supposed to play at Bank of America Stadium and come off and just kind of stun the Cardinals. I don't think the Cardinals – the Cardinals had a real tough game, a real long game. Um, and I think it's a little bit of a trap traveling across the country. And I think that uh, they won't really be ready for Cam Newton. And I think he comes out aggressive, scores early, gets that win. I'm um, going to take the Broncos over the Chargers and not really much of a contest. Uh, I'm going to take the Packers over the Falcons uh, just kind of out of Aaron Rodgers coming off a little bit of extra rest, a little bit of extra time to game plan uh, here, and kind of him realizing that this is almost a muscle-in game for him, getting the five five and two rather than four and three, um, okay. especially okay. with the Vikings almost running away with the division but then getting beat. Uh, 
badly. Um, I'm going to go with mm-hmm. the Cowboys at home over the Eagles, mainly because they're at home. Uh, I think that the Eagles will beat the Cowboys later in the season when it's in Philadelphia. I think that's more of a game that's so tight that whatever field they're at will tip the scale. And then I'm going to take the Vikings over the Bears, but I'm also going to say that that game's going to be closer than we expect it to be. I like your picks, Alex. I really like your picks. Brian, go ahead. Um, I got to go Tennessee and Thursday night. Blake Bortles has one of the worst throwing motions I've ever seen. Um, I'm going Cincinnati over Washington, as I said. Cincinnati is too talented. Washington's quarterback by Kirk Cousins. Um, the two <laughs> Colts, the Colts are an incomplete football team. I don't, I don't know how to like Andrew Luck is only so good. Um, definitely going Oakland. Oakland in a huge, 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 just giant win over Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay's hapless. The Saints played probably the ugliest brand of football I've ever seen. Um, they scored like 50 points a game at home. They played basketball at home for for Christ's sake. Um, I'm still going mm-hmm. to Seattle though, especially after that 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 debacle on Sunday night. Um, Houston's a really good home team, so I'm going to go with Houston. That's going to be a close game, I think. That's going to come down to a late turnover. Um, I really want to pick the Browns. Like, I really want the Browns to get a win somehow. And it's like, like when you look at the schedule, you think to yourself now, oh, they could beat them. But then again, Kevin Hogan's starting. So, got to go with the Jets in that one. After, after that whole big monologue about the Jets, I have to pick them. Patriots over the Bills, they don't lose two in a row against Buffalo. Um, I'm picking the Cardinals over the Panthers, especially after last week. They're going to be fired up after the NFC Championship last year. They're going to be super fired up, and they have to win. The Panthers' season's almost pretty much over. Um, I think the Broncos beat the Chargers in overtime. The Chargers, I, I've been on a Chargers bandwagon for a while, like for like three, four years. Actually, since probably like Damian Tomlinson's been in the league, I've never been off the Chargers bandwagon. So I'm going to pick the Broncos after I picked the Chargers last week. Um, I'm going with the Falcons. Falcons don't lose three in a row, especially after last season when they just had a complete free fall. I think the Packers are a really incomplete team, and they have no running game whatsoever. The Cowboys are not a good home team. I'm picking the Eagles. The Eagles are for real. And I think that uh, Prescott has a rookie game, like a typical rookie game. Um, and I have to go with the Vikings in, like, one of those, like, 21 to, like, 12 games. Like, one of those really ugly yet kind of close games that, like, because the Vikings don't have a great offense, it'll stay close. But because their defense is so good, it won't be that close. So I'm picking the Vikings in that game. Okay. I respect all your picks. I'll make this very, very quick, folks, since we're running out of time here on the right way. I want to thank you all for joining in as well. Uh, I'm going to go with the Jaguars to win. I just believe Blake Bortles and the Jaguars as a football team have more than the Tennessee Titans do as a football team. I'm going with the Bengals to beat the Washington Redskins. Now, this can go either two ways, folks. It's very, very quick and very, very simple. This can go very, very two ways. It can either be a very, very bad game for Washington or a very, very close game. The reason why I say that is because their number one cornerback, Josh Norman, is in the concussion protocol. If Josh Norman is not on the field covering A.J. Green, I repeat, A.J. Green will have another monster game. Does anyone else disagree with that? He'll probably have a monster game anyway. It's not like uh, Norman plays that stays on one receiver. I just don't think that the, the, the Washington Redskins have enough on offense to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Anyway, I'm going to go with the Lions beating the Texans because I do not believe in Brock Osweiler whatsoever. 
I'm going to go with the Colts to beat the Chiefs because the Colts are not going to lose to the Chiefs at home, and Andrew Luck just gets seems to get it done. I'm actually going to go. I'm actually going to go against the grain on this one. I'm going to go with the Bills to beat the Patriots. Um, this this week, I, Ooh, I think Tom Brady's got an easy had has had easy games. Um, I, I don't think I think the Patriots particularly have easy schedules. I mean, I just think that the Bills always play the Patriots hard, and I think that the Bills. I think this is the game they can come away with. Come away with. And I think this will be a huge statement for Rex Ryan as well. Um, I'm going to go with the Broncos to destroy the San Diego Chargers because I just don't believe in San Diego Chargers. I don't think they're a good football team. And Denver's defense is amazing. I'm going to go with Cowboys over the Eagles because I believe in Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott. I don't think the Eagles are a team to figure them out. However, I do think when they play their own year, as Alex said, I do think that the Philadelphia Eagles will beat them. But as of right now, I think until a team figures them out, I don't, you know, I don't think that – no one in the NFC uh, East really poses a huge threat to them. Uh, when it comes to the Vikings and Bears, I'm going to go with the Vikings because the Bears' quarterback situation is terrible. And even if Jay Cutler was starting in this game, Jay Cutler is not trustworthy. Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers to beat the Falcons because I just believe that the Packers and their enterprises will write the ship pretty much, and I think they'll keep it, keep it going and continue to keep the wheels turning. I uh, don't believe in that, Ryan. Uh, when it comes to the Raiders and Buccaneers, I'm going with the Raiders. Don't believe Jameis Jameis is the guy to get it done, um, especially with them losing Vincent Jackson to a torn ACL. Um, when it goes to Jets-Browns, I'm actually going to pick the Browns to win this game. I think the Browns get it done. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick throws interceptions, and I think Hugh Jackson capitalizes. I think Hugh Jackson and the Cleveland Browns get their first win of the NFL football season. Next year, live on the right way, Hugh Jackson and the Cleveland Browns will get their first win against the New York Jets because Ryan Fitzpatrick is a bad quarterback. Uh, Seahawks and Saints, I am going to go – with the Saints this game because the Seahawks have not impressed me enough this season. I think that you have to put up more than six points to beat Drew Brees, especially at home. So I'm going with the Saints to win this game. When it goes with the Cardinals and Panthers, I think the Cardinals win this game because Cam Newton has not impressed me this season. And those are my picks. Hold me to it. Hold me to it. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining in pretty much on the right way. Like I said, guys, you guys can reach us all throughout the week through our Facebook page, The Right Way with Malik Wright, or on my email, therealmalikwright at gmail.com, or follow us on Twitter at The Right Way BSP. And we are answering all your questions, talking all football. We are, we're, we're going to have, we're going to have an unbiased type of opinion here. You know, we're, we're going to talk strictly, you know, facts pretty much. That's what I deal in. That's what my co-host deal in. That's all we like to talk in pretty much is facts. So I want to thank you guys for allowing us to come on your airwaves. And once again, you can catch us every single Monday night at 8 p.m., an hour and a half, on Law Talk Radio, produced by Back Sports Page. Special thanks to Randy Zellian and the entire Back Sports Page crew. Thanks for allowing me to be on your airwaves, along with my co-hosts, Mike, you know, Alex, and Brian. And I must say, Mike, it is a pleasure to have you back. I'm so happy to have you back, man. Getting the journey started with Thank you, Malik. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's going to be amazing. And I, I will I can truly say this, and this is a little sentimental moment here on the right way. When it comes to talking to sports, Mike brings the best out of me. He really gets me there. He's the only person to make me really, like, you know, think and really, like, you know, him and I have had heated debates when it comes to sports. Although we do not like the oh, same yeah. teams, we, 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 we tend to agree more than disagree. But – we do disagree sometimes, and when we disagree, oh, we disagree. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you guys for joining us the right way. And remember, as always, the show will always go on. Good night, everybody.
Lay. Nobody leaving, nobody going home Even if they turn 